0: Greetings, and welcome to the podcast show, Touching People for Heaven, with your host, Preacher John. God bless you, my dear friend. I pray in the name of Jesus that there will be something here in this episode that you can use in your life, in the life of your family and your friends. Okay, you ready? It's two degrees in Boulder, Colorado. It's a clear sky, though. Snow on the ground. I got a hot cup of i show you Joe's green tea on my desk here, and uh, it's about uh, 8.30 p.m., and we have got a great show today. This is episode number 18, and it's titled, Who Shall Roll Us Away the Stone? (laughs) Lord, I just thank you so much for the people being here. I thank you for this episode. I thank you for this scripture, and I just thank you that you will anoint this show to touch people wherever they may be, Lord, in your name. Amen. All right. So this is found in Mark sixteen three, and they said among themselves, "Who shall roll us away the stone from the door of the sepulcher?" Let me just highlight that the word "they" are women that uh, that are headed off to the sepulcher, and I'll get into the story in just a moment here. So the moment that I read this, the very first thought was, quote, "Wow." They had the faith to start walking towards the sepulcher without any idea on how they're going to move the heavy stone in front of the door. They just started off in that direction by faith. That's what I said. That's what caught my attention. Isn't that amazing? No, I'm not amazing. I'm talking about the women, okay? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Today's verse covers a lot of ground from Mark. 1540 to Luke 158. These verses, or rather, this section of Scripture is pre selected through the 12 month reading plan that I chose in the Alexander Scorby Bible app that we use in our school. There are four reading paces to choose from three month, six month, nine month, and 12 month. I've tried them all over the years, and I found that for the school that the Holy Spirit is starting, that the 12month is the best for our purposes. So that's what I'm using here, and that's why those verses are kind of an unusual selection there because they're paced to go through 365 readings from cover to cover. And I start the readings from the beginning of the New Testament. I go through the New Testament and after the, the book of Revelation, then I start from Genesis 1 and I go all the way down into the uh, end of Genesis um, end of, um, Re- uh, end of um, the Old Testament. So that's how, I, that's how I do it. I don't start in Genesis. I start in the New Testament because I'm a New Testament Christian. After I've done that, and then I go to the Old Testament. Because the way I see it, the Old Testament backs up and validates the New Testament. If you only study the Old Testament, you're missing something. If you only study the New Testament, you're missing something. So that's why the books are bound together for us to study all of it. Okay, so you see, we're not just listening to the Bible. That is the first part of the schoolwork. After that, though, is reading the verses. Then there is praying through the verses. Then lastly, there is the writing of a highlighted verse, usually just one verse. This verse is best selected by the Holy Spirit because He can show us, you or us, some interesting facts about that single verse, just like I'm doing now. It's just absolutely amazing. Plus, acting by faith is a tremendous event. It really is. Faith is a great way to live by faith. Not knowing exactly what's going to happen, just doing it by faith. I am in Boulder building a church completely by faith. Nothing else. (laughs) Nothing else but faith. So, first, to pray to the Holy Spirit takes faith. Do you think so? Why, sure. First, before we pray, we need to believe that there is a Holy Spirit of God. Now, that sounds funny as I write this or speak it on the show. But really, how many even talk about the Holy Spirit? Think about it. I know that I do. And if you read my stuff or listen to me talk, I speak of the Holy Spirit a lot, almost in every show, I think. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is so real to me. You know, the Holy Spirit is part of the part of God. You know, God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. Well, God the Spirit is the Holy Spirit. That's, the, that's who I'm talking about. That's the third part of the Trinity. And uh, it's just wonderful. Anyways, we go on. Remember, though, we pray in the name of Jesus. The scriptures do not teach us, that I'm aware of at this moment, to pray in the name of the Holy Spirit. No. However, I've heard people talk that way, you know, praying in the name of the Holy Spirit instead of in the name of Jesus. It's kind of, I don't think that's how it's supposed to go. And what I've witnessed over the years is they get off some weird teaching or some strange doctrine and it doesn't it's not overnight it's not over it's not over a weekend it's not over a week or two or a month it's it's over a several year period usually then their pride takes a hold and it doesn't allow them to repent from the wrong direction that they're headed and they can't come back to the truth and the word it's it's just uh, so sad have you ever seen or heard people talk like that you know cult leaders do that kind of thing. Many cult leaders start off as Christian preachers, or maybe Christian uh, children of uh, Christian preachers, you know, or or in large families of preachers. It's not uncommon to see cult leaders coming from uh, preachers' uh, uh, family and heritage. It's pretty pretty common, you know. Then over the years, they begin to lift out of the scriptures a single verse or a portion of a scripture. Then they build a ministry and a teaching and a quote-unquote philosophy, and I have in parentheses, this is worldly and the key point, philosophy is of the world, that they begin to manipulate and distort and then teach with such conviction that they begin to build a following, and that's how it happens. This is what we don't do. This is why I always say to read the Word, the entire Word of God. Don't leave sections out because you don't understand it or it's too hard or difficult to understand. Just read and study by faith, always asking the Holy Spirit to teach you the Scriptures. And I'm going to get a sip of green tea (laughs) because I'm a little nervous right now. Mm. Mmm. Man, that just uh, feels like it goes all the way down to my toes. (laughs) When it's two degrees outside, you want something warm going down in your stomach. <laughs> Especially when you're on a show like this and you're talking to lots of people and you know people are listening to you. And you know people are listening to every word and trying to find something wrong in what I'm saying. And, they're, you know, I don't talk like most Christians. I don't talk like most preachers. I don't talk like most ministers. I talk the way the Lord has taught me, and I don't take verses out of Scripture. I teach the entire Word of God, cover to cover. I don't teach another man's teaching. I don't teach somebody's doctrines. I don't teach some church's doctrine. I don't teach some denomination. I only teach one thing, the Holy Scriptures. And preferably, and only actually, I teach nowadays, the last four or five years, I only teach out of one single Bible. That's the King James. Previously, I taught out of the NIV, the New International Version. Before that, I taught out of the Living Bible. Then I taught out of the Amplified Bible. Then I taught out of the New American Standard. Then I taught out of the Berkeley Version. Then I taught out of the Holman. I've taught out of all kinds of different Bibles versions. But over the years, I've come to teach only out of this one particular version. That's why I only use these scriptures out of this one uh, translation, the authorized version. So I just clarifying that a little as you, but you already know that already if you've been listening to me any length of time you know that I'm a uh, King James person a believer in the King James Bible uh, whatever you want to say it I don't know but uh, you know, I'm kind of chuckling because that's a long introduction I haven't got to my uh, discourse yet I've, that's just the introduction <laughs> that's just the introduction okay let's get back to our verse here Mark sixteen three, And they said among themselves, Who shall roll us away the stone from the door of the sepulcher? I love this verse. Even more since I wrote it over and over again. Like eight times I wrote it. That is how many times that I wrote and rewrote this verse today, which is the fourth part of our school. Actually, it's uh, number five, but for this example, it's number four. And that's in our school book or journal or logbook. I'm still not sure what to call this book we're writing in, (laughs) but it's basically a logbook because, you know, being a trucker, I just call it a logbook. (laughs) Oh, anyways. You know, we first need to understand that Jesus died on the cross on Friday evening and his body was taken down from the cross, then wrapped in a new fine linen, and laid in a brand new rock-hewn sepulchre. I looked up the word sepulchre in the Webster's 1913 Dictionary, which comes on my Sword Searcher uh, Bible software that's in front of me here, and I just copied down a few words, and it says to bury, to enter, or to entomb. I thought that was kind of neat, you know, to entomb. Then a stone, probably a very heavy stone for sure, uh, was, you know, then they was later, you know, rolling in front of the, the door. Sorry. <laughs> got to stop getting so nervous here, but I'll go on, okay? Then they left because it was going to be the Sabbath soon, and that would be Saturday. Don't you kind of wonder what kind of Sabbath day they had? What were they thinking and talking about on that Sabbath? Someday, we'll be able to ask those type of questions and get answered from the very people who live that day. Yeah, it's called heaven. It's going to be fun. (laughs) I'm looking forward to it. All these people in the Bible in our story are saved. They're born again. They're in heaven. And we will be able to ask. God's going to allow us to ask whatever we want. Really. And what were you thinking? I mean, that's, you know, what were you thinking when you did this? And when you were going this direction, what was going on? I mean, you can ask all kinds of interesting questions. Won't they be fascinating? Yeah. You know, my mind just darted off into all lots of different directions. Then I began to look at all the underlining and all the check marks in my Bible and all the circled verses and all the circled words and all my little notes that I wrote all around today's reading. Let's see, there are about, as you want. I think I counted 45 different verse notations. 45! Now, there are only 86 verses in this reading. As you can see, this, to me, is an important part of the gospel. You know, I have seen some Bibles that not a mark is in them. I sort of think to myself, how can you read these life-giving words and not make a single note by any of them? Do you write and make notations in your Bible? Do you know that after there are so many notations that you, can, that you can't read the verses anymore, that you can still, as of 2019 in the U.S., go out and purchase a brand new Bible? Really, for sure. <laughs> I've purchased a lot of them. <laughs> you know, the more you interact with your Bible... The more personal it becomes, and maybe the more the Holy Spirit can talk to you. I'm not sure about that, but notes made by you in your Bible, your personal Bible, your personal notes—not somebody else's notes. That's why I don't buy Bibles anymore that have other people's notes, other people's um, chain references, other people's notations. I, I just don't do all. I when I buy a Bible, I buy strictly the text. Of the Bible only, then I make my own notations. I make my own uh, notes. I make my own uh, chain references. I put one verse with another verse. I make it my own Bible, and uh, that way, there I discover a lot of gems that uh, that are personal to me, pers- to me, and they could be personal to you in your own Bible. You know, and. Uh, maybe the more the Holy Spirit can talk to you. Not sure about that, really, but notes made by you in your Bible should become meaningful years down the road. They really do. I've here not too long ago, when I was moving into my new place here in Boulder, I was looking looking at one of my old Bibles that uh, my daughter had wrote in when she was only like five years old or six years old, something like that. I mean, really young. You know, that was like, 35 years ago. <laughs> I still have that Bible. And I still have those notes. And I still have her notations. And I just can't get rid of that Bible. That's how I keep them all. And uh, it becomes personal. It really becomes personal. Because, you know, God is personal. Jesus is personal. All right. Mark 16, 3. And they said among themselves... Who shall roll us away the stone from the door of the sepulcher? So now it's Sunday morning at the rising of the sun. These holy women of God are walking along the path right for the sepulcher that the Lord was buried in. At least that's what they thought as they walked along. Was it a blue sky morning? Did the clouds cover the sun? Were there any clouds at all in the sky? If there were clouds, were they white, cumulus, fluffy clouds? Or were they long, gray stratosphere clouds? How about just plain old dark, ominous clouds? Was the sky red? Or was it white? Was it going to rain that day? You know, there are all kinds of questions we can ask. How about, what were the women wearing? Do women of Bible days think like women of today? <laughs> Sorry, guys. <God. laughs> are a woman, you know, like the women in the U.S., let's just say the U.S., (laughs) or did they just jump out of bed and run out the door? Or did they stop and have breakfast? You know, I don't know. Do you see what I'm doing here? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Really, do you see what I'm doing here? Think about it for a second, and I'll take another sip of uh, Trader Joe's green tea. That is, I don't know what it is, but it just tastes good, especially when it's only two degrees outside. These type of questions come from being a child and asking, why is the sky blue? Do you get it? When we ask questions like a child would ask, that does something to God. It really does. I think he likes it. What do you think? Do these type of questions get us any closer to understanding the Bible? Can we ask questions that bother or irritate God? There's only one type of question that I'm currently aware of that God doesn't like. Do you know what it is? That's right, doubt-filled questions. Just like this one here in Luke 1.18, And Zacharias said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife well stricken in years. This is uh, one of the verses in today's reading, by the way. Here's what happened after asking that doubt-filled question. Luke 1.19 And the angel answering said unto him, I am Gabriel, that stand in the presence of God, and I am sent to speak unto thee, and to show thee these glad tidings. And behold, thou shalt be dumb, and not be able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed, because thou believest not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season. There you go. Now, can you see why there are some types of questions that can really get us into trouble? Look at this type of question from Mary and see an entirely different response. I'll also put that verse here in my discourse if you're reading it. But I'll say it on the show, too. And this is the question, Luke 134. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? Can you see a difference in those two questions? The one being asked of Zacharias, a priest of the course of Abi, that's verse five, and another being asked of a virgin whose name was Mary, verse twenty seven. Each question on the surface seems logical and viable, do you think so here's the Here's the um answer to Mary's question. It's found in luke one thirty five and the angel, and this is also Gabriel speaking, and the angel answered and said unto her, "The holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee." Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. The angel Gabriel even went on with more information about these things to come and all about her cousin Elizabeth, the wife of Zacharias. Now Elizabeth was of the daughters of Aaron. Do you remember who Aaron was? That's right. Aaron was the brother of Moses and the first priest in the first tabernacle of God on earth first one there's a whole bunch now but that was the first one (laughs) what a high calling Aaron had Elizabeth was a very important woman and at this time she was getting up there in age did you notice that even God wouldn't divulge the age of a woman (laughs) I just thought that was funny God has a sense of humor as I was writing this uh, that is what popped into my head (laughs) You know, women don't like to ask their age or say their age. (laughs) God is so funny. If you're not laughing, my friend, get the Holy Ghost, and you too will be laughing right along with me. (laughs) because It's just God, you know? And it's called the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Amen. Amen. Laugh away, my friend, and I'll keep talking here as you laugh and chuckle. Mark 16.3 and they said unto themselves, Who shall roll us away the stone from the door of the sepulcher? I know it sounds like I'm going over the, all over the place in this talk, you know, but not really. Because it's just fun to be with the Lord in his marvelous word. God is so good to his kids. Is he good to you? If not, maybe you just might not know him. What do you think? Are you saved? I'll let you think about that while I go on with the show, okay? Who is going to move that big stone from the door of the tomb? Hmm. We're not, we're not strong enough. Maybe something will happen that we don't know about. Let's just start walking that way, and you just don't know. Because, you know, God can do some mighty miracles. If God can part the Red Sea and God can part the Jordan River i can imagine that moving a big stone away from would be easy for him that is if that is his plan I'm not sure yet but let's just keep heading that way okay let's go do you see it they just took off by faith this is faith in action nothing less would do because they have a mission on their heart They have a calling to the Lord. Let's go get the job done. Women are the most amazing creatures on earth. Do you realize that only the woman, I mean in all of God's creation, in all of his earthly creatures that he created. Now, are you getting this? This is because this is important. Don't. I want all ears open. Ready? The woman is the single only creature on earth that is not made from the dust of the earth. That is something to wrap your head around. But not get prideful. If you're a woman reading this or listening to me talk, no other creature is made. I'm talking about at the time of creation, okay? No other creature is made out of another creature. Woman. Was created from the rib of Adam. Every other creature was made from the earth. Adam was made from the. Let's just put the verse right here, okay, and I'll read it to you. It's Genesis 2 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Here in Genesis 2, 21, it says, And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs, closed up the flesh instead thereof. And verse 22, it says, And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. Isn't that just simply amazing? God has plans we still can't fathom. But that doesn't stop us. No, that didn't stop those holy women of God from heading to the sepulchre that first Sunday morning. We also don't need all the answers before we head out to do what God has called us to do, right? Mark sixteen three, And they said among themselves, Who shall roll away the stone? From the door of the sepulcher. The problem is not in asking the question. That is how things are created, by asking a question. We can get all kinds of answers that can benefit the earth that we currently live on. God wants us to ask questions. Ask away, my friend. God is listening. My friend, I hope that there is something here in this discourse, in this show, that I've said, that can help you. I really mean it. If not, then why would I spend six hours a day, nearly seven days a week, creating Christian content? Now go forth into your life, knowing that God has the answer. Now to those who ask by faith, knowing that God will answer, now you know the truth. Good night, my